Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 27 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Go Say Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Oh, not bad. Good, I'm glad one of us is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, we just spent the last like 45 minutes while Dave patiently sat on the phone and listened to me like shout at my computer until things started working. So uh, <laughs> we are going to try to get this thing moving right along uh, because we are already way off schedule. And according to what you've heard, we are only like 30 seconds into it. So <laughs> Dave, today we're watching episode 27 of Gosei Sentai Dire Ranger. It is called cool. It's the Final Fist. The Final uh, Fist. If you recall, this is a continuation of last week's Oh uh, yeah, that's right. No, I'm super excited. I completely I've had a very busy week. Uh completely forgot about it actually. Yes, our heroes are in dire straits uh and we will get to it in just a moment, but before we do that, Dave, Shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Our first star of the week, Matt, is a new board game that I just got. It's not like new-new, but it's pretty new, and it's new to me, sort of. Uh, okay. The game is called Samurai Spirit. Sorry, I <laughs> recognize that was a lot of modifiers. I picked the game up this afternoon, although I personally have played it previously. The game is called Samurai Spirit. It's a game for one to seven players, it's super, super fun. And, Wait, one uh, to seven? What's up? I did not realize there was a solitaire version of this game. Yeah, there is actually, there's this, I didn't know either, because we played it at our yearly get-together. Um, yeah, there is actually a solitary version of this game. You can play it by yourself. I didn't, because that seemed, I don't know, kind of like a bummer. Yeah, a little but, sad. But uh, the deal with this game is this. It's basically the Seven Samurai... Like the Kurosawa movie, it's with the Seven Samurai, but but all of the samurai are also like were creatures. So there's like a were tiger and a were bear and a boar and like a rabbit or something. I think these are all things that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I, I I played this game, didn't I? This is the one that uh, Steve brought. Yes, precisely. And um, there's like villagers and houses and fences. And, like, the bandits come one by one, and you have to defeat the bandits, and you have to stop the fences and the houses from burning. And basically, all you have to do, I think by the end of the game, if I recall correctly, at least, it's like the majority of the houses have to still be standing, and, like, two out of three villagers have to survive. And that's it. But it's yeah, a pretty... it is not. It does not seem as though it is a huge number of things that need to survive until the end of the game. But once you get into the game, you realize that it is a huge number of things that need to survive. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are not. Well, I think we lost. We played four times, and I think we won once. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. It's a very imaginative style of game. It's cool. Like each character, like because the seven samurai are different. And each one has like a weird little special ability. 
and they can like lend their ability to other people. Um, so it's a very it's a cooperative game, and I really appreciate a well designed cooperative game. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think what's cool about this game is that it's um there aren't a lot of rules to it. Like it's not a very complicated game, but it's well built enough that you really do have to sort of think about what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, but really, that's it. I'm excited to play it. Maybe play it over the course of a weekend or something. Not Sorry, I don't want to make it sound like I take the whole weekend to play. Maybe this weekend I'll get a chance to play it. So that's my first star, uh, Samurai Spirit. Totally recommend it. Uh, it's from Fun Forge is the publisher. And uh, I give it two thumbs up. Okay. The star. I the coveted guess. two st- thumbs. <laughs> the coveted two thumbs. Uh, okay, so Matt, Samurai Spirit aside, what is our second star? Okay, Dave. So the second star is that um, yesterday, I believe it was, I was coming home from work. I was okay. on the bus, and traffic was terrible. Now, bad traffic is not the second star, but that the reason for it is because I was sitting there on the bus wondering why on earth it was taking so long because you know i take the same bus pretty much every day same time right. of day and it yeah. always takes about the same amount of time to get out of town mm-hmm. now there's some traffic downtown more now than there had been because they've just torn out uh public square and they're going to be redoing it all okay um so uh, listeners, if you did go and watch the Avengers a few weeks ago when I mentioned it, the square <laughs> that we're all kneeling in uh, when Loki is telling us all to kneel, that is no more. That is a big construction site now. Uh, but forever immortalized. Anyway, there you go. so for a moment I thought it was just because of that. And then I remembered that that's not it. The reason there was so much traffic is that where I pick up my bus was like two blocks away from where the president was talking like at that moment because he was in town. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's right. The president's here. That's why traffic is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I didn't even know that he was in town. Uh, although I was Yeah, I guess to... he had come to like address the city club or something. Seriously? The city club got the president to come speak? Hey, man. The city club of Cleveland is like... It's some weird historical thing. Like, it's the oldest... It's the oldest of whatever it is. It's like a city... It's actually really cool. It's like a city... It's just like a public forum, and people come and speak. And I knew that it was kind of famous for what it was. Uh, I did not know that it had the clout to get President to come speak. That's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, I actually didn't know that he was in town until, like, yesterday. Someone was like, oh, yeah, like, the President's downtown. I was like, seriously? But, yeah, he's in town. Uh, he traveled in... I think he came in in his limo. I don't know for sure. Dude, have you do you know about the presidential state car, the president's limo? I don't, although I think when he comes into town, he flies in and he lands at Burke Lakefront Airport, which makes him the only person to ever use Burke Lakefront Airport. Yeah, nobody uses that thing. Which, listeners, like, if you're not in the Cleveland area, which I know most of you are not, we have two airports. We have our actual airport. Which is Cleveland uh, Hopkins. It's a large, like... You know, it's an airport. It's got a yeah. couple of terminals... It's got, like, a couple of flights that go international. It is our airport. Right. And then we have another airport that's called Burke Lakefront Airport <laughs> that has, like, an airstrip, and it's up by the like lake, and it uses acres one. of valuable real estate. And 
I swear to you, the only person who ever uses it is sometimes, like every other year, Air Force One will land there, and that is it. Not the 747, like the Air Force One. There's no way that I don't know. I mean, Burke it's a, Lakefront is large enough to accommodate that thing. Dude, there are, like, it is a big area. There's nothing there, but I'm sure you can land a plane on it. Really? I would not have guessed that. Um, but dude, if you if you get a chance, obviously, like, most of the information about it is classified. But look up some, like, fun facts about the presidential limo. Uh, the Secret Service apparently refers to it as the Beast. Okay. It's a limo. Like, it's a full-on, you know, it's a limo. It's very fancy, obviously. But it is built on, like, a truck chassis. Uh, a Chevy, I was just looking this up because I knew the president was in town. Uh, it's built on the chassis of a Chevy Kodiak, which is a great name for a car. And it's got, like, like the doors are, like, six inches thick. It's got, like, night vision. It's got, like, run like cool run-flat tires. It has uh, tear gas cannons in the front. <laughs> the, it's, like, a steel-plated whatever, so it can withstand, like, an RPG from a distance of six feet. And it can, like, drive over a bomb and stuff. Like, it's the most hardcore limousine of all time. It's amazing. Uh, that is incredible. The estimate I feel I was, like I just saw a car like that on a recent episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I probably. Uh, I guess the, the cost estimate on this thing is <laughs> $1.5 million. Good heavens. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, listen, it's carting around the president. I'm all right with that. That's, you know, that's legit. Uh, but it is, it's super cool. Like, check it out sometime. Yeah, so the president was downtown. And then actually the day before that was the St. Patrick's Day parade. So it's just been Ugh. one big, like, traffic weird nightmare. traffic nightmare downtown for the last week. Oh, man. That actually, the president being downtown makes me think about the elections. There's going to be an, an election pretty soon. And by pretty soon, I mean two years well, I mean, but, yeah, but we're in Ohio, so it's coming pretty soon. Oh, my gosh. Guys, you don't... Okay, listen. It, if you don't live in a swing state, you have no idea how horrifying elections are. Because, like, all like if you live in, like, a state that's, like, all red or all blue, or, like, so predominantly that they don't bother, you have no idea the ads. It's, it, it replaces all other advertising. It's just political ads. Yes, like all billboards, months. all radio, all television, all media just becomes political ads for about a year. Yeah, months, months at a time. It's awful. Like, it's it's just miserable. Um, I mean, uh, whatever side of the aisle you're on. Like, it's, yeah. it's the I mean, one thing It's nice thing to feel appreciated, us. but, like, it, it doesn't <laughs> feel that nice. Right. But it is. It's the, it's the thing that unites us is... Ohio's hatred for political ads. Um, yeah, so the president was in town, which is pretty cool. Had I known yeah. about it, I maybe would have tried to go see him, but I, I didn't. Oh, well. oh, I talked to a couple of people who went. Apparently, it was impossible to get tickets. Oh, it, uh, yeah, that actually that makes a lot of sense. The, the city club is not the... If he wasn't the city club, it's not actually that large. Okay, Dave, so that is our second star. What is our third star of the week? Uh, third star of the week, not nearly as exciting as the president of the United States being in our hometown, but it's spring. Uh, I'm doing a lot of spring cleaning. It has and, sprung. Yeah, and it's a weird, like, I don't know if it's just me getting older or if it's that I own my own place now, but, like, 
in the winter, it's like, oh, it's cold. I'm sort of like maintaining the household. But, you know, things are sort of quietly piling up in corners. And now, like, it's spring. And not spring enough that I'm like opening the windows a lot and stuff. But I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to get the, get the house clean. I'm like throwing stuff away. I'm like, I'll tell you, it's, uh, stuff. it's spring enough that sunshine is coming through the windows and right. pointing out all the places that you forgot to dust for the last three months. Yeah, I, that's a good way to say it. But now I'm, I'm much more like enthusiastic about it now. Like, I got home from work today and I was like, I think I'm going to go clean the basement up. So, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, well, I mean, it's your stuff, you know? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, it's not... I mean, it's always your stuff because you're living there. But, like, it's my stuff in, like, my place, you know? And so there's just a little bit more of a sense of, like, ownership. I don't know. I, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, so I'm spring cleaning. It's uh, it's great. It that's is nice. Got, that's all I got on that. Just my house is a lot cleaner than it's been. Okay, well, uh, let's move on then to the four-star of the week. And Dave, I'm excited about this. I actually meant to talk about it last week, but we had a million other things to talk about. Yeah, we really um, And this is a quick one, but have I mentioned before on the show a different podcast called The Worst Idea of All Time? Oh, yeah. This is the one where they uh, watch Grown Ups 2, right? Yes, they were watching Grown Ups 2 every week for a year. Um, and they got to the end of that year, and I was really bummed out because I thought that the show was coming to an end. And I was happy for them because, of course, they didn't have to keep watching Grown Ups 2 every week, and that sounds nice for them. But I was really, <laughs> right. I was, I, I recognized that I was going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I had almost, like, unsubscribed and taken it out of my uh, iTunes feed. And then I noticed that there was a new one, and Dave, they're doing a season two where they watch. Every week for a year, Sex in the City 2. Wow. Yeah, that's the one where they go to the Middle East. Oh, okay. I, I remember seeing commercials for it. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's pretty brutal. Apparently, it's like an hour longer than Grown Ups 2. Oh, jeez. So, anyway, so I'm very sorry for those guys, but I am oh, thrilled man. that they're doing another season. If you have not checked that show out, guys, uh, you know, now's a good time to hop on. Or you've got a whole year of Grown Ups 2 ahead of you. You get to oh, find out man. about all the weird stuff that Patrick Schwarzenegger does in the background. Dude, they're, oh, they're watching Sex in the City 2 for a year? For a year. Oh, man. I just... Don't let their sacrifice be in vain, folks. <sighs> yeah. Real, if they're jumping on that grenade, make it worth something. Uh... <laughs> okay, so that's it for the four-star. That's all I had on that. I just wanted to let you all know the glorious thing that happened in my life when I found out they were going again on season two. <laughs> so, Dave, what is our fifth star of the week? Yeah, sure. Um, our fifth star is a tiny bit weird, Long story short, like in Ohio, you have a state test, like all the kids have a state test that they have to take and they take it their sophomore year, right? Right. And uh, so like the freshmen, juniors and seniors don't have to take it. Like either they aren't going to take it yet or they've already taken it. And so for this week, the test takes a week. And for this week, uh, everybody who isn't taking the test doesn't have to get to school till like 1130, Right. Normally, school day starts at yeah. It's fantastic. Normally, school day starts at eight thirty. This week, it's starting at eleven thirty. And like the difference in their level of like energy is it palpable. 
right? Oh, I believe it, man. Yeah. I've always said that no matter how early I wake up, I never actually start thinking clearly until at least 10 in the morning. Yeah, man. Uh, that's There's actually, there have been studies done. There have been some studies done uh, on kind of teenagers in general. And that's basically what they discovered. That they don't really start get moving until like 10 o'clock. I don't know why we start school at 8.30 in the morning. We ought to start it at 10. I was actually, I was telling this to our buddy, uh, Ben, and he was saying that when he was in high school, his classes, not like he didn't get picked up for the bus, he didn't wake up. His classes started at 7 in the morning, which is madness. Yeah, good grief, man. I, You know, I, I, I've heard that from some people. Like, the bigger the school, basically, you start earlier and your lunch, like, you have your lunch at, like, 9.30 in the morning. It's about 20 minutes long, and then you have class until 3. Yeah, dude, it's... It's crazy, man. Like, I don't want to, like, I, we don't need to, like, get into it because I could rant about this all afternoon. But uh, long story short, the week has been great. Like, the kids are better behaved. <laughs> like, they're more engaged in class. So um, anybody who's listening, starts, let's start school at, like, 10 o'clock. It'll be great. I'm kind of dreading having to go back, honestly. Not, <laughs> not, not as much as they do, though. Oh, no. They've tasted that sweet, sweet fruit of freedom. <laughs> They had that taste of Shangri-La, Dave. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be they're gonna be loath to give it up. I think I'm going to have some sad kids in first period next week, if I have any. We'll see. Oh, and it only comes once a year. It's like they wandered into the high school version of, like, Kunlun, and they're not going to get to see it again <laughs> until the mountains realign and the mystic realm appears. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait for the Iron Fist show. Oh, Neither so can excited. I. But, Dave, before that, we have this show. So, That's we true. are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 27 of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, and we will be right back after the break. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. So, we just finished watching episode 27. Dave, why don't you give us a quick recap of what happened? Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, in this episode, we see the Rangers defeat Tsubo Dojin, defeat Jin, which I think we all saw coming, and the introduction of a new villain. Yes, very all, exciting. All fantastic stuff, man. Okay, so, as we start off... um. As you recall, at the end of the last episode, they had just been beaten by the pot Taoist, right? And yes. Rin had been trapped inside the pot body's, like, weird little pot prison. <laughs> I have a small bone to pick with that, Matt. What's that, Dave? <laughs> so we open, and it's just everybody in murder basement. Like, they're just hanging out. Like, the last scenes of last episode, the rangers were, like, beat to snot. Rin had been absorbed. Like, they're all just kind of lying there. And uh, Jin, who is like the Black Fist Kung Fu guy, had effectively killed, like, we thought Ryu may have been dead. And uh, and then when we open back up, like, they're just in murder basement. Like, they're upset. They're angry. They have certainly are the worst for wear. But, they're a little, you know, they're a little bloodied. Yeah, but not nearly... Like, I was expecting them to just pick up and, you know, something would happen that would save them. You know, maybe Ryuseo shows up or something. No, I guess Tsubo Dojin and Jin just, like, leave them, maybe? I don't know. Maybe like, they were ah, these guys with them. Like, they just decided that they had Dude, shown I'm... them, you know, they, they taught them all a valuable lesson. And right. now it's time for them to get about their business. Maybe. 
Which doesn't make any sense, because so far as I can tell, the Pot Taoist's business is to kill the Die Rangers. But... Right! Okay, whatever. Maybe he needs to, like, rest after pulling off his, like, big Absorby super move. But... In any case, we see them back at Murder Basement, and Shoji is having a meltdown. Oh, yeah, man. He is furious. He's like, what are we going to do? And, like, he's just grabbing people by the shirt and shaking them. Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get Rin back? What, dude, Shoji has a heart of gold, man. These things hit him very deeply. He does. He, he cares too much sometimes. Too much. Cares too much. And so, uh, yeah. And the other rangers have no answer for him. They're just, uh, we don't know. So Kaku comes in, and he's like, you guys will need to... I forget exactly what he says, but the other rangers... But the rangers say, like, we can't hurt him like we can't do it every time we attack him it just like bounces off and kaku says oh you're going to need a fist that he can't see like you need to be faster i guess or something yeah basically from what i from what i was able to gather from this what the pot daoist does is he's not just impervious to attacks what he does is that he somehow is able to brace for impact and absorb attacks. It's like an active thing right. that he's doing. So if you can yeah, move that is... faster than he can react to, then you can hurt him. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So he says, Kaku does, says to Ryu, says, you must undergo an ordeal. Uh, specifically, then, he says, like... your body will have to go through an ordeal. Oh, that's right. And then, you know, like, you will be strong enough to defeat Tsubo Dojin. And then he says, you will have like a super fast punch. And Ryu then, yeah. when he says super fast punch, that like triggers something in his brain where Ryu remembers fighting with Jin and Jin oh, destroying yeah. him with super fast punches. And he's like, oh, I'll need to be fast enough to like, if I can be fast enough maybe to beat that guy, maybe that'll be fast enough. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, if I it can be fast enough to beat Jin, then that proves that I will also be fast enough to beat the Pot Dallas. And also, yeah. added bonus, I get to beat that guy who I hate. Yeah, super hate. So, this so, is a convenient transition to the next scene. Right. So, Jin is, like, standing outside a hospital, is what it looks like. And we see that there's, like, this old man, and he's dressed in, like, traditional, like, Chinese-style silk robes. And I think he's wearing all yellow, so he might be the emperor of China. I don't know. I don't know. He Anyways, looks very much like Grin's grandpa. Yeah. Same sort of vibe. Who might also... He also wears all yellow. Anyways. Um, you know, I've, I found this out ages ago. I think that it's yellow is, like, the imperial purple of China. Okay, that, something like that. I did not know that, but it sort of jives with my memories of seeing Chinese things. Yeah. So, anyways, so Rin is there, and uh, he is, and there's like this old man, like we said, who's being released from the hospital, and Jin is very clearly there to like beat on this old man. He has brought a bouquet of flowers, so I right. don't know if it is that old man's birthday. I don't know. I don't know. That's what you bring senseis for their birthday, right? Exactly. Exactly. We um, all know we do this. See, yeah, everybody knows that. What we also see, unbeknownst to Jin, is that this is the girl's, the girl that is like his sensei's daughter and like maybe his old girlfriend or something. I don't remember her name. 
but this is the hospital that she works at. Because remember, she's a nurse, right? Uh, Dave, we so will find Jin this out there. in a few scenes, but her name is Aki. Okay, thank you. Aki's there. Jin's there. Old Kung Fu guy is there. Things are about to go down. Oh, yeah. Like, downtown. Yeah. Down to Chinatown. Oh, my gosh, that actually worked. They're going down to Chinatown. Anyways, so... The like all the dudes like students are there and they're like oh sensei or like we're so glad you're out of the hospital like we're so glad you're okay which is nice and they're wheeling him out to the car and Jin just rolls up and he goes to like hand the dude the flowers and then he like one finger punches through the flowers it like you know to like kill this dude but the old dude is He's tough. Like, he manages to, like, finger hook Jin's, like, one finger blow. So he stops that shot. And yeah, I'm he's about able to repel Jin. Yeah, and I'm really excited because I think that this is going to be a totally awesome fight. And then you get immediately disappointed because what yeah, happens is Jin is pretty impressed, right? Because so far, none of these. Like, the only person who's ever been actually able to fight him at all is Ryu. And even Ryu hasn't been doing a great job. Right. So he's impressed, but then they do, like, one exchange of doing, like, a flippy jump towards each other. And when they both land, you know, Jin is fine, and the old guy starts coughing up blood and collapses. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. It's, like, one one move. I thought we were in for a cool fight. We weren't. But, it was a cool moment, but yeah, that's all we cool get out moment, of that guy. Definitely. I was disappointed that we didn't get the uh, coin flip. I was expecting the coin flip again. Well, the guy but, caught his finger, threw him off his game. Uh, good point, good point. Uh, okay, so that dude dies. All of his students like rush around him and are like, oh, right. sensei, please don't be and, dead, I guess. Which he totally is. And Jin just kind of like saunters off. Like nobody stops him. Okay, now I got... I have beef with this, because what we see next is he's just standing on a bridge, and Aki approaches them, and they have a conversation. We'll talk about that conversation in a second. But first, like, Aki doesn't have, like, super kung fu speed or anything, so the fact that she's there means that they can't have gone far. Right. He just murdered a man in front of a hospital, in front of, like, 20 witnesses, and then just walked away, right. and no one has like, come even... to say, like, hey, buddy, maybe you should go to jail forever. Right. He doesn't drive. I don't think he drives away. He just kind of he just kind of saunters, and everyone's like, uh, that's fine, I guess. And so Aki walks up to him. And she, like, she says something, and he says something back. But then he does say, oh, I, that's right. I remember that, like, your ambition was always to be a nurse. So he hasn't, he didn't actually know that she was a nurse. So they clearly have been out of contact for at least a few years, I would say. Yeah, probably since the time that he fell off the cliff. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm a big dummy. <laughs> Well, because what we'll find out is that he says, okay, so they have this whole little flashback scene where they're yeah. seeing a happier time through sort of a gauzy filter where the they're flash- like it's the running flashback the f- filter. You exactly. know exactly what it looks like. Like everything's just a little faded. Yeah, everybody knows. It's like the universal uh, 90s symbol for like, oh, this is happening in the past. 
So, you know, they're frolicking in a field together. He's giving her jewelry. Uh, there's a brief <laughs> bit in the flashback where Jin gets punched in the face by his sensei. But yeah. then, like, you know, he's okay. He's able to recover. She walks over to make sure she's o- that he's okay. What we do see is that there is definitely, you know, like, there's the jewelry, the frolicking. And then uh, when sensei, like, kind of beats him, as Matt said... She runs over and, like, she's kind of comforting. There's clearly, like, some romantic thing going on here. You know, like a first love, daughter of my teacher sort of scenario, okay? This is going to be important later. Oh, yeah. Like, he gives her a necklace with two hearts, like, intertwined. Oh, I didn't catch that they were hearts. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, we're seeing this whole kind of flashback and then at the end of the flashback we see the same one that we've seen before where he's like knocked off the cliff and his sensei is like holding his arm and then his sensei says like in times of great stress you can only think of yourself and then he like stabs him in the hand and then it kind of fades out but we you know Jin dies or something or so we are you know or obviously so he isn't because he's there actually believe. what the sensei says and I wrote this down is in an extreme situation Throw your heart away. That's right. Throw throw your heart away. And so he's talking to Aki and he's like, listen, like I died that day just like this hand. Along and, with this hand. And shows like the gloved hand. It doesn't take the glove off. But he's like, uh-huh. It's a dead hand. So there we go. <laughs> Super excited about this. And like, just get out of my life unless you want to die. <laughs> right. Peace. Guys, I just want to... I just want to tell you, it is taking, like, I'm so excited about what's going to happen later on in this episode. It's taking a real act of will to actually go through this piece by piece. I just want to tell you all the great stuff that's about to happen. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Stay with us. But I want to. I'm holding okay, out for you so, guys. Okay, well, so. We're, we're getting into it now. So, we are done with the maudlin flashback on the bridge. And we cut to the riverside where Ryu and Daigo and Shoji and Kazu are all training. And they're in their, right. like, black training garb again. Yeah, like the, yeah. And it is three on one. Ryu is trying to fight off, like, all three dudes as part of his training, we would imagine. And, uh, like, he does okay at first, but then it's clearly too much. You know, he's in obvious distress He's like, oh, he's kind of freaking out. He's like sweaty and a little shaky. He just can't handle it. Like they take him down and they're like, dude, you need to rest. And Ryu is having none of it. He's like, no, once more. Like we're going to keep doing this. It's awesome. He's like writhing around in pain on the ground. Oh, yeah. But they don't get a chance to do that because the pot Taoist shows up again, which makes sense because this is the exact same place that he attacked them last week. Literally. Yeah, literally the exact same spot. So he didn't have to work real hard for this one. All right. So he shows up, and then, like, they fight, basically. Um, Ryu does not actually join the fight. He is still, you know, kind of out of commission from whatever intense training regimen he's doing. The other guys tension, and then they charge at Tsubo Dojin. And, you know, it's fairly predictable. Like, you know, fight, fight, fight. They get nowhere. And then Subo Dojin gets Shoji. He absorbs Shoji. Shoji. Sorry, I had to check my notes for a second. He gets Shoji. Well, you know it's not Daigo, because if it was Daigo, he'd just punch his way out with the power of love. <laughs> yes! Oh, man. That was also so good. Um, dang. But Daigo. Shoji gets okay, trapped. So 
And so then just... they uh, Ryu sort of calls for a general retreat, and they all get out of there. Yeah. Then, guys, I had totally forgotten about this. We jump to Zydos in the Demon Forest, which amazingly I had forgotten existed and he was in. Oh, yeah, man. And, you know, I just want to mention something about the Demon Forest. Because I've been thinking about it over the course of this last week, Dave. Is that, like, there's an evil demon forest filled with souls that Zydos can, like, channel into energy, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's full of skulls and candles and, like, weird, like, mystic-looking things that he didn't bring. Those are just there. That's what that forest looks like, right? Right. Why do the Goma hang out in, like, office complexes and abandoned warehouses when the forest of demons is, like, right there? (laughs) Like, doesn't that seem like the perfect place for them? Like, no, 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 that's cool. We're going to get in our 93 Corolla and drive down to the industrial district and just find a place that nobody's using for the day. That is a very good point. Why did they not just chill here all the time? You would, maybe. Okay, wait. Maybe, Matt. What if? Because they say, like, uh, you know, Ghana is a little, like, I don't know about Zydos' plan. What if the demon force is actually too dangerous for the Goma to hang out in? Huh? Or maybe if it's not too dangerous, it's just too weird, and Zydos is the only one who's into it. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, we're Goman. We're, like, fueled by hate or everything, but but Zydos, man. Like, that place is maybe, gross. Maybe just take a step back. Okay. Take a step back, buddy. Okay. So, anyway, so Zydos is in the Demon Forest of Souls, or whatever it's called, and he is continuing his, like, in invocation of, like, the deceit of the souls that are there he's like come and empower my dark crystal we start to see some action on that front like things are moving there's some energy there's some swirling scene cuts away we go to Jin's apartment where he is hanging out sipping on some wine out of a crystal goblet yeah uh he's just very fancy very like 90s fancy very and, um, 90s fancy. And what we see... see, I, Actually, I assumed it was... A, I thought it was like sherry or something. But anyways. Because um, it's in like a tiny glass. So anyways, we're about to see... We start to see him undo the glove. Right? So we're about to see what's underneath the glove. So he takes it off. And underneath the glove is like a metal... Is it a robot fist maybe? I don't know. I think it's a robot fist. I was looking into this over the course of the week, and I feel as though it's like a prosthetic hand. Okay. Because he can move it, but I think that like his hand just got cut off. Got it. Okay, so... So he's got clear, a robo-fist. Now, yeah, I want to say something real metal, quick. Just yeah. a sec. So this thing is both A, literally metal, and B, figuratively, totally metal. It's got like one hundred percent and like both types. Yeah, it's awesome. It's got like ridges and like big spikes on it. Um, yeah, it looks totally awesome. It also, by the way, is about three times larger than the regular le- leather glove that he wears over it. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, there is no way that would fit. It's you know what? I bet that's why the cops weren't after him because the glove don't fit, and they had to acquit. Oh. 
Dude, can you believe? Did you you know about the book that he published? Like semi recently, right? Oh, you mean if I did it? We're talking about yeah. O.J. Simpson here, real yeah, quick. Yeah, so we're talking about O.J. Simpson, the most clearly guilty murderer who ever got away with something. Okay, here is the thing about that book. That book, the rights to that book are not actually owned by O.J. Simpson. Yeah, he wrote it, but then the rights or like the money that. They, comes from it or whatever actually goes to the family of his murder victims right so if you look at the cover of the book because he did not like approve the cover the title that he chose for it was if i did it but if you look at it the word if is very small and it's like like inside the letter i so you have to get right up close to it because otherwise it just says "I did it" by O.J. Simpson. <laughs> yeah, it was a real, it was a real f you by the. I think it was a brilliant move on their part. So, anyways, so maybe that's why Chin gets away. But he's got a, he's got this like metal fist glove thing under his black leather glove, which so it's like two layers of awesomeness, right? And um, and he reaches out. Oh, by the way, every time we see him in a scene with Aki, who is his like, who is the girl? Remember, uh, there's like always flowers around, and like this is like a central theme. This is like the symbol of their relationship is these flowers, and he like reaches out. There's flowers in a vase next to him in his apartment, and he reaches out, but like with his metal hand, and he can't feel them anymore. So it's a little, uh, actually, a pretty subtle piece of symbolism on the part of. Of course, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I was impressed. And then we cut back to the demon forest, and the dark <laughs> so good. has a glowing skull inside of it <laughs> as, like, dark electricity bursts from it. And he says, yeah. yes, now it is time to make the ultimate demon fighter. Okay, so, so he says there, that. But a good one. Yeah. So I assumed that he was just going to generate this fighter, like, ex nihilo, using the energy in the crystal or whatever. But what he says is... I need someone who is, like, strong enough to endure the energy. Like, to endure, like, the transformation or something, I guess. Now, I wonder, Dave, who he could mean. But we'll find out. We'll find out later on in the episode. We'll find out. I have a guess. But for now, we're back to Murder (laughs) Basement. It's the middle of the night, and Ryu is still training. Yeah. There are four candles set up in the room, and he's, like, swinging at them, trying to make his fist go fast enough that he can, like, blow out the flame with the force of his punch. And it's not working, and he is getting very frustrated. Super-duper frustrated. And um, I actually remember trying to do this as a kid, and uh, I I could only ever... I could sort of, like, swing my hand by, you know what I mean? Like, if you swing your hand by it real fast... You can you can put it out, and I did always. I was just like, yes, this is awesome. I know kung fu instead of just like I am able to flick my wrist in a way that makes like a brief vacuum that turns out a fire. (laughs) Turns out a fire. That's the words we use for that. Sure. Don't don't ruin this for me, Matt. (laughs) So, anyways, uh, so he's like punching, punching, punching. He's like he can't do it, and he's like, oh, and then he kind of like yowls in pain, and he like grabs his hand. He's clearly, you know, like. Whatever this training is, is like super painful. And then, then we see his like, 
his shirt like falls or tears off or something. And we see him like writhing around on the ground. And he is wearing like a full torso, like heavy duty spring, not clearly, obviously actually heavy duty springs, but it looks that way. Uh, Like tension suit. So like everything he does, he's like fighting against these springs and he is just, he's dying, man. Like, this is terrible yeah, it, for him. By the way, this looks insane. Yeah, it looks totally bonkers. And it's not just that it's, like, restraining him. It's also, like, cutting, like, just, he's his chest is covered in blood. Like, yeah. it's, like, ripping at his flesh and just doing... This makes sense. His body is going through an ordeal, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, Matt, I realized we should have... Okay, when we were about to watch this, Matt told me, he's like, hey, jump forward in the over like the intro scene so you won't see whatever this thing is and i'm assuming this is what you were talking about right yeah you do see it for a moment in the opening ah, we should have we should have said in the intro to tell people if they're gonna watch the episode to jump forward oh well too late now too late now so anyways yeah man his body is going through an ordeal like it is rough um, I actually really i appreciated that like the springs were like pinching and cutting into him because that would totally happen. Oh, yeah. There are at least four different ways that this is a very bad time for you. <laughs> right. So then we see Kaku sort of creeping, like, look through the doorway. And he's like, endure it, Ryu. Endure it. And you will be reborn. Yeah, because Ryu, and we sort of jumped over this. He had started to take it off because he's like, I just can't stand it. And then he had oh, this yeah, vision right. of Rin and Shoji. And he's like, no, I, I must. To. And he like yeah. he, he clips it back onto his arm. And then Kazu was like, you must endure to be reborn. Yeah, I really like this scene because I feel like it gives us a little bit more insight into why maybe Ryu is the Red Ranger. Like why he's the dude in charge. Because before, like, he's clearly the newest, right? Everybody else is a Die Ranger before him. The other oh, people yeah. all have, like, more, you know, in the case of Rin, like, more Kiryoku power or, like, you know, they're better at martial arts or whatever. So it's like, why is Rin the leader? Dang it. Why is Ryu the leader? Sorry. <laughs> like, why is Ryu the leader? And maybe we're seeing it now. Like, he is the leader because, like, he is the dude who can endure this like for the sake of the team when maybe somebody else couldn't yeah and you know it's weird because um die ranger is a little different than the other shows like i was watching i mentioned it on last week's show that interview with uh the actor who plays shoji yeah and he was saying that one of the weird things about die ranger is that like the red ranger's leadership role is a lot less uh clear in die ranger than it is in almost any other Oh, uh, really? Super Sentai series. Okay. Because really, like, if you think about the show thus far, like, yeah, the Red Ranger is sort of nominally in charge, but they're, they all sort of have an equal value to the team. Yeah, definitely. And this really is the first time that we've seen the Red Ranger do something above and beyond what the others are capable of. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I think it's actually, like, it's a pretty cool, like, it's a pretty neat moment. Uh Okay. So we cut away from that and uh, we cut to like a beach or something and it's Jin. Uh, and all my notes say is Jin is Miami vicing it. Oh, dude. Okay. First of all, he's driving a, 
like a beautifully white Corvette. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. And it's the sort of car that if you are currently like 30, 32 years old and you grew up in the 90s, like that Corvette is the sort of car that you think of when you think of like, hey, what's a cool car? Oh, yeah, that one. That one. That's the cool one. Um, so he like, he, you know, the car, it doesn't do like a turning skid stop, but it may as well in terms of the coolness levels that they're generating here. He gets so, out. He's still wearing that awesome 90s suit. That awesome, like white double breasted suit. And I think the thing in his hand, Matt, is just like a deck chair. I think he's just going, literally, he's just going to go to the beach and like catch some rays. <laughs> like, that's his plan. He seems so, very relaxed when he arrives. Yeah, like, like he's, he's not concerned yeah, about anything. So what he finds when he gets there is that Ryu is standing on the beach, and he has gotten his shirt back on, so he's not just like chilling wearing his spring harness. And Jin sort of nonchalantly addresses him like, hey, what's up, bro? How you doing? Kind of doing something here. Did we and, do this enough last time? And Ryu is super serious. Like, he's oh, yeah. sweating. It's he's awesome. trembling. He's furious. And he's like, no, we are doing this, and we are doing it right now. Yeah. All right. So Jin realizes that this is going to happen. He takes off his suit jacket, which he's actually never done before. So it's for serious, you guys. Oh, it is on. Yeah. And so they face off. And they do, it's like a running jump. They kind of punch in midair. There's like a quick kick thing. And then they like, they both land on the other, on opposite sides of where they started, right? And they both turn and face each other again. There's a brief cut real quick right here to Daigo and Kazu. And they oh, are yeah, fighting thanks, the Pot Taoist elsewhere. We don't really know where. I mean, it's like a warehouse somewhere yeah, it's near a warehouse or abandoned industrial complex of some sort but right. they are somewhere else and throughout this fight we're going to keep cutting back between ryu and daigo and kazu so right. and it is going particular it is going predictably badly for the other rangers right they're fighting the pont taoist it's not going well right so back we to cut the beach. back right we cut back to the beach jin on one side ryu on the other they're facing each other there's a brief cutaway. We don't see how, but like Ryu's shirt, his regular overshirt, hits the ground. And he's standing there in this like spring, you know, this like tension shirt. And Jin is like furious slash hugely insulted. Yeah, because he sees that and he's like, wait, you're trying to fight me wearing like a restraint shirt? Like, come on, man. Like, I am insulted. Right, like, this is not how we do this. So Ryu is just standing there, and he's just like, Ugh. and he kind of like, it's like a DBZ-style moment, right? Yeah, but, he he flexes so hard. This is amazing. That he explodes <laughs> all of the springs off of him, and they just <laughs> fall to the ground in a heap. It's so good. They just explode. Okay, and then the fight, uh, as William Goldblum would say, Goldblum would say, is joined in earnest. Like, it's Rin, oh my gosh, seriously, it's Jin versus Ryu. Rin is still trapped by the Pot Towers. <laughs> Jin versus Ryu, and Jin is getting wrecked. Like, 
because now Ryu can like see through his kempo and he's yeah, man, fast he enough tries... to keep up with his punches. And it's really fun, by the way. I don't know if they're actually moving that fast or if they just like speed up the footage, but it is a very like you know quick moving. Yeah, it looks really billion neat. punch fight. Right, Jin actually tries the same like super punch move that he tried before, and it does not work. Ryu is faster. Um, and so Ryu, okay, so they get, they kind of get in like close quarters and it's, uh, you know, they're sort of like watching each other. And then Aki, the girl that Jin used to be into runs up and she's like, Jin, no, stop fighting. So Ryu in a ruthless move, when Jin is distracted by this girl, like kicks him in the face. Jin sort of like stumbles slow-mo backwards. Ryu delivers a super speed punch to Jin's face in the same way that we saw Jin deliver a super speed punch to Ryu's face last episode. Spits out about a gallon of blood. Yeah, blood everywhere. Stumbles back and falls like over some rocks into the ocean. Like he did last time. This is like a thing for him, apparently. Just always falling into water, dude. Always falling into water, man. It's like, Jin, maybe don't fight by beaches. So. We cut back to the fight between the Pot Taoist and Kazu and Daigo. Right. We show up just as the Pot Taoist is sealing them up in his, like, pot prison on his head. Right. So he, they're... Oh, they're done. He's defeated them. And then Ryu runs up. Now, here's a question, Dave. Do you remember earlier how uh, how I said that we didn't really know how far away they were from each other? Turns <laughs> yeah, out I do it, it was like probably across the street because right. that is all the time that it takes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ryu just knows exactly. Dude, they have got like their aura changers have got to have some sort of like homing beacon on them. I guess there they're all just, just no wearing homing beetles. Right. Maybe they're all wearing homing... Thank you, Matt. They're all wearing homing beetles. So Ryu runs up, kind of like just in time to see his friends get absorbed by the Pot Taoist. Yeah. And he's just standing there and he's like, unforgivable. Like, he is... He's super angry. And at this point, he's got his mojo working. Right. Oh, man. Okay, Matt... I'm going to give you the gift. I'm going to give you the gift of letting you tell everybody about this moment. Okay. Okay. Go so, friends, the Pot Taoist <laughs> still is feeling pretty good about himself, right? Feeling, feeling saucy. Because so far, he's had every reason to be, but not anymore. Not so anymore. he shoots some sort of laser or whatever at Ryu. And there is a huge explosion right where Ryu is standing. Now, in times past, we would expect that when that explosion had gone away, we would find Ryu doing like a backflip into a hurt position. But not, not today. Oh, because man. today, when the fire dies down, all we see is Ryu, aura changed into the heavenly fire star, standing defiant in the flames. <laughs> There's a so close-up nothing. on his face. The theme song to the show starts playing. <laughs> And Ryu gets ready to murder this thing. <laughs> you guys, this, it's so good. It's, it is. It's one of, I think it's actually one of the best TV moments I may have ever seen. Not even like as a joke. 
It's just a fantastic moment. So, like, proceed to the, you know, Ryu versus Pondawist part two, The Reckoning. And this is not a long fight. (laughs) No, it is not. Ryu Uh, runs up and punches him a handful of times and then gets ready for his, like, super meteor strike. uh, Meteor flash, Matt. Meteor flash, thank you. Yeah. And uh, this new technique that he has learned, it's basically the flash punch. It's a flash punch, uh, you know, where like the flash hits you like a thousand times in a second. It's the same thing. So here's the great moment is it goes like meteor flash, da 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 da. And then the voiceover kicks in and explains what it is. And uh, Ryu delivers the meteor super fist punch to the pot Taoist. And then, like, right before the final blow, it like zooms out. You see just the helmet of the Red Ranger. And there's, like, a fire going behind it. And then you see the face of Ryu, and his eyes are, like, burning with the flame of justice. And then he delivers the final shot. Yeah, it's fantastic. The face of Ryu, just to be clear, you don't see, like, through his helmet. It is displayed on, the, like, the whole of the background of the shot is oh, just yeah, yeah, a yeah. close-up on Ryu's burning eyes. <laughs> it's the background. It's yeah. awesome. Like, his chi is burning so brightly that it is just, like, projecting onto the landscape. Okay. So he delivers the final blow to Pontaoist. Uh The other rangers are sort of, like, knocked out of the trap, I guess. Yeah. So they're all freed, and Ryu goes to check on them to make sure they're okay. They're about to, you know, mount their final assault. When the Pontaoist just drops his enlarging bomb, he starts to grow. The rangers start to summon the robots, and we're right. about to get we a We know where this fight. is going. But before we get to that, because frankly, at this point, we know what's happening there. Let's yeah, get yeah, back yeah. to well, the who beach. Cares? Okay. So, Jin kind of drags himself out of the ocean. Cannot handle, clearly, the fact that he lost. Like, super upset about it. Because this is like his whole thing, right? And who is there... But Zydos, with, like, the Dark Crystal, with all, like, the Demon Soul energy, right? Yeah, and Jin is saying, like, I can't believe that I lost. But Zydos says, your fist did not lose. It was when your heart was distracted that you lost. You need to throw your heart away. Right. And only when you are capable of, you know, facing the extreme circumstance like that, that you can be ready. I was actually really hoping that we were going to find out somehow that like his sensei was Zydos all along, but it's not. Uh, he just uses the same phrase. No, and it turns so, out his sensei was just so evil naturally that he was very similar to this demon that is powered by hate. <laughs> right. And so he's like, you are still weak. And then we turn over and we see Aki and she's like running toward Jin and Zydos is like, I'm going to see how this plays out. So he takes a step forward. Uh, Aki runs up. She like embraces Jin. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're okay. I wish you'd stop fighting. We could be together. Something, something, something." You might have an idea as to where this is going. I did. I actually put it in my notes, and then I was super excited when I was right. So Jin like leans in. He's still sort of staring out into the distance and starts to hug her. And we get this sort of like swelling music that was playing before during their lovey dovey uh, flashbacks. Right. And then it is abruptly stopped when Jin just, like, gut punches her to death. Yeah, one shot. One shot yeah. with the robot fist, and that's it. 
And that's it. He totally kills her. It's like when uh, Dr. Doom got magic powers. It is exactly like when Dr. Doom got magic powers. Yeah. Um, I was about to tell you the story about how Dr. Doom got magic powers, but it's basically that. He like hunts down like the one woman he ever loved. And then, like, sacrifices her to get magic powers because it's Doctor Doom. Yeah, that's and so that's, uh, part of the Mark Wade Mike Ringo uh, the... run. Oh, Go read yeah, it, everybody. It was yeah, yeah, it was really good. You've probably yeah. read it already. It's a classic. Anyway, oh, and uh, he does that right, and then he like looks over, and there's some flowers, and they're like burning. I don't even because... think the flowers are there. I think that's just like. I think that oh, like is literally just or spectral flowers burning because we also see images of those flashbacks from earlier, like still shots of them. Oh, and like okay. The yeah, yeah. That burning sounds, that flowers sounds are sort of like going over them okay. to symbolize, you know, like the last of his love and softness burning away. Right. So Zydos is like, yep, that's my guy. You were able to like in this extreme circumstance totally throw your heart away. So he, like, thrusts the dark crystal at him, and it's like the dark quickening. It's like there's, like, red lightning, and it's, like, shooting all over Jin's body. And Jin doesn't transform, like, totally into a monster. What happens is his left arm, the one that has, like, the robot fist, Mm -hmm. that transforms into, like, a giant, like, evil robot arm that sort of goes from, like, his... Like, weird claw fingers up to, like, an improbably large shoulder pad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty great moment. Um, so, we, do we do a quick jump back? You know, Dyrano is there facing the Pot Taoist. He, like, he kills the Pot Taoist. That oh, yeah. happens that exactly takes, like, two seconds. They just needed to make sure they got some footage of it so that you didn't yeah. wonder about it later. <laughs> Right. This that that we needed to wonder about. They're like, oh, just in case you guys were confused, let's give you footage of this. Hey, like, listen, guys. it is the only time we've ever actually gotten to see the end of a fight with the pot Taoist, so don't <laughs> complain too hard. Okay. I'll take what I can get, I guess. So I was I thought that Jin was like tr- we cut back to Jin. It looks as though he's like transforming into a Goma, maybe. But I think that's actually in Retrospect, I don't think that's actually true. I think he's just getting, like, demon soul superpowers. Yeah, I mean, definitely a Goma flavor. But he is, yeah. he is still definitely, like, a transformed person instead of a Goma monster. Like, full, yeah. So, Zydos comes up to the newly transformed Jin and says, Hey, like, you should be my follower and, like, come fight with me. And Jin <laughs> looks at him and is just like, Huh? And then just jumps up and kicks him in the face. Yeah, and then he lands a few feet away and turns back. And Zydos is very upset about this, as though he did not just see this guy murder the only person he ever loved. (laughs) It's like, listen, yeah, he just murdered the only person he ever loved. You are a stranger. Like, you don't actually hold any power over him at this point. Right. Dude, he threw his heart away. What did you expect? Like, what did you think was going to happen? But he's super upset about it. And then we just see Jin, like, ha, 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 ha. And then, like, walks away into the sunset. Oh, and that's Dave, the real end of the quick, episode. vital scene before he does that. He says, like, I don't take orders from anyone. And while he does that is, like, slicking his hair back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Super good move. Yeah, super yeah, yeah. great move. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Uh, 
And then that's it. He just walks away into the sunset laughing, not maniacally, but ominously, ominously. And he's left his coin on the beach. Yeah, doesn't need it anymore. Doesn't need it. So the rangers arrive back to the beach. You can tell it's a while later because it's a little bit darker. And I guess they were looking for Jin. Otherwise, there's really no reason for them to return to this beach. Yeah. Um, they don't see him. They also don't see Aki's corpse. No, well, maybe he got cleaned up. So I don't know what happened there. They do find the coin. Ryu sort of picks it up and looks at it. There's a close-up on it. And then the skull on the coin sort of like fades away into the laughing face of Jin as Jin walks away into the sunset cackling. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, killer. Killer episode. So we are going to be seeing more of Jin. Jin is a recurring villain. Oh, nice. I'm glad to hear that. It would be really weird if this was the last time we saw him. Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> The ultimate demon fighter. He's just going to like go to Europe or something. <laughs> he's going to take some me time. Hey, listen. Okay. He just threw his heart away. He's got to go find what's left. Got to go find what's left. All right, Matt. So, high point of the episode. Oh, man. Um, there are so many. It's got to be the explosion transformation. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's... It was just yeah. such a great moment. That was that was pretty fantastic. What about you? High point? Uh man, okay. If it's if I can't take explosion, I think I gotta take Jin's transformation into like the ultimate Makenchi. It was it was great. That was amazing. And actually, if it wasn't gonna be either of those two, it would be the time that uh Ryu flexed so hard that all those springs broke off of it. Oh yeah! That's another great episode. Oh man. A lot of great Just stuff full of this great episode. Moments. Uh, low points. I don't know. Where things were didn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, that didn't make sense. I wish we would have gotten an explanation as to uh, how the Rangers escaped their previous fight at the end of the pre you know, at the end of the last episode. Yeah, but honestly, like there was a lot going on in these episodes, like a couple of different threads to follow. And yeah. I don't know. It seemed okay that they just sort of jumped over some things and decided to ignore it. Yeah, I, you, you only got room for so much, I guess. Well, I guess that's going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Uh, before yeah. we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all, you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes, or if you want to check out the things we mentioned in the show, we're at Twitter, at supersentibros. We're on Tumblr, at uh, supersentibrothers.tumblr.com. We are all sorts of places, folks. Just check it out. Uh, if you just look up Super Sentai Brothers. Well, not hard to find. I, I, I don't think there's another group like that. Uh, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find the show. That's what helps people get to it. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. 